Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. You are now entering a critical thinking zone. zone. Thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for Critical Thinking. And of course, uh, because it's a, well, it's a morning and uh, Elon Musk still hasn't bought Twitter yet. Um, there's breaking news on the Twitter front, uh, of course. Right, Pat? Right. Right. Before, I mean, literally, uh, I'm looking at my Twitter feed because that's what I do in the morning to, to gather what people are talking about. Because here's, here's the reality, like six, six thirty in the morning. Um, that's one of the three most active times on Twitter. Most people don't know that six to, I would say six to six thirty. Uh, central time so 7 to 7 30 eastern people are waking up people are kind of getting going for the day and most importantly apparently stories are breaking like crazy because we have this from the new york times and and elsewhere twitter is nearing a deal to sell itself to elon musk two people with the knowledge of the situation said a move that would unite the world's richest man with the influential social media networking service an agreement could be announced as soon as monday those people said all right. In other words, it's happening. Right. <clears throat> and it says here, continuing in the story, that Twitter's board was negotiating with Mr. Musk into the early hours of Monday over his unsolicited bid to buy the company after he began lining up $46.5 billion in financing for the offer last week. It said the people who spoke on condition of anonymity because they were not authorized to discuss confidential information the two sides were discussing details including a timeline to close any potential deal and any fees that would be paid if an agreement were signed and then fell apart. The discussions followed a Twitter board meeting on Sunday morning to discuss Mr. Musk's offer. Obtaining commitments for the financing was a turning point for how the board viewed Mr. Musk's bid of $54.20 a share, enabling the company's 11 board members to seriously consider his offer. In 
it is amazing the amount of um, gaslighting that is going on in this article, Pat. You don't say. Because, <clears throat> correct me if I'm wrong here. Um, while the, the commitment of financing an offer sheet, right, is great, grand, wonderful, he has the assets to pay for this in cash if he cashed them out. Right? Yeah. So, okay. But more importantly, um, the discussions followed uh, a Twitter board meeting on Sunday morning to discuss Mr. Musk's offer. Obtaining the commitments for financing was a turning point. No, no, it wasn't, Pat. No. No, he no, had, no, no. He, he's had it for a while. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what the, changed? Um, <clears throat> the reminder of their fiduciary duty. And also Musk posting about um, of those 11 board members, how many of them actually own more than like 10 shares of Twitter? Not many. Yeah, I think it's two. Mm -hmm. Right. And then, you know, him publicly basically lining up all these institutional investors, you know, the, the big hedge funds and stuff like that, that are already heavily involved in Twitter's ownership. It's stock ownership. Um, and, and the realization of, uh, uh Oh, because if we don't do what we're supposed to do here, we in big trouble. That's why this happened. Now, is there anything that's that, 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 should prevent them from taking the deal? Um, there is one area that I think would give them potential pause, and it's the yeah. ongoing SEC investigation that's that's involving Musk, right? And, right. and the allegations that he didn't disclose properly. Um, I would make an argument that that is a very flimsy argument continuing... Con considering not continuing i was gonna say considering he was still buying shares right and, and from how i read that thing your disclosure should happen when you stop buying right not when so like let's say over the course of 10 days right you you buy you know eight percent every day once you have stopped that's when the clock starts ticking on your disclosure that's what I understand the law to mean. It could have just been a simple clerical thing, right? Where somebody forgot right. to file it on time, whatever. But you would think for as much of a businessman that Elon Musk is, that he would know that rule. It's not, and, it's and not even about him knowing that rule. It. It's about his accountants knowing that rule. Right. Okay. And they would have known that rule. Right. Do things by the book especially when you're trying to take over a, a publicly traded company. Right. Now, I'm not saying that there isn't a potential for that investigation to go somewhere, but I don't think it's something that will scuttle this deal in any way, shape, or form. I really don't. What are they going to do, fine him? He already owns the damn company. And more importantly, there was nobody that was harmed by this. No. Well, they can make the argument that as soon as he disclosed it, they could have bought shares, except for the second that he disclosed it, the share price would have gone completely insane. So 
when that disclosure happened, I get the I get the implication in why the SEC rule exists, right? Because if you're the only one that knows that you're the person that's buying these shares and you continue to buy shares at what is a relatively discounted price compared to what the public would be able to pay if they had that knowledge, right? Right. I understand why the rule exists because you are you are taking advantage of a depressed stock price at that point. I understand it. But I also understand the rule to mean that, again, once you stop buying shares, like if you stopped on day one and at 5%, okay, now the, 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 the clock is ticking and you didn't buy again on day two, right? So now the clock starts ticking. That is my understanding of that rule, having, uh, having taken um, courses in securities and things like that in the, in the past. Um, that was like 20 years ago though. So I don't know if those rules have changed in the last 20 years. My guess is that they probably have, but who knows? Um, that being said, do I think that this is something that would scuttle the deal? No, no, because at the end of the day, Twitter's shareholders are the ones who will win, right? Twitter's shareholders are the ones who will benefit. It just goes to show you that this is the ultimate capitalism versus versus um, common good capitalism, if you will, right? AKA socialism. It's really socialism, just couched under a different term, which is what socialists and Marxists and communists do all the time, right? Well, yeah. You know, the United Soviet socialist republic or whatever you know what i mean the united soviet republics of russia or whatever the hell it is the ussr right it yes was, it was meant to be a republic and, and, and no no but anyway um this is the ultimate battle it really is because what we're seeing here is somebody saying well you have an actual fiduciary duty to the people whom own you you have no duty in that regard to your employees. Your employees don't matter in this situation. Not at all. If I tender a legal binding offer to you and you refuse and you put that poison pill in there and my offer is for a fair market valuation of that company, what do you do? Wah? Because employees or, uh oh, we might not exist as a company. Because that's what would happen if Musk and other investors in the company were to sue you. They would sue your ass into the ground. And, and here's the thing. I mean, no one cares about the employees at this point. No one does. And they shouldn't. It has nothing to do with them. Right. But my, my, my point is the, the employees can, can whine and scream all they want. It doesn't matter. You, you want your job at the end of the day? Shut the hell up and do your job. If not, and you're going to whine and complain, Musk is just going to replace them anyway. So, mm -hmm. or at least anyone that is going to be not in line with the vision that he has in taking Twitter in the future. But but that, that that's that's the whole point, right? Like like, either get on board or get the hell out. 
That and that goes with any company. Like 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 if you're not going to be on board with a company vision, and you don't like you don't like where that vision is going, there are plenty of other places to go work. Yeah. Yep. And uh, you know the details of um, Musk's um, offer here are pretty amazing. You know, you got thirteen billion dollars in debt financing through Morgan Stanley and and a couple other lending uh, partners there, plus another twelve and a half billion in loans against his stock in Tesla, and then he is putting up twenty one billion dollars in cash. Twenty one billion dollars, um, drop. How, how, would you like to, how would you like to have $21 billion that you can just throw around? I'd like to have $21 I could throw around. <laughs> just frick, man. It's like, it, it, like, like when, you, when you throw numbers like that around with like Elon Musk and, and this whole thing, it, it just seems like pocket change for them. Yeah, you think? $21 billion. I'd love to have $21 billion. Someday I I we'll, uh, I I we'll play the game. Of, what would you do with $21 billion? Someday Me? we'll play that game. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I know where I'd start. <laughs> uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens later on today. By the time you might be listening to this podcast, Elon Musk might be the owner of Twitter. It's a very big possibility. It, it, like I said, it's happening. Whether it's today or tomorrow or sometime this week, it's it's likely happening this week. Yeah, it'll, it'll be it'll be very 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 interesting um, to see what happens here. And, and I think there's other conversations to have about how this impacts um, woke capitalism, if you will. Right? How this impacts businesses who think that. It is their job to to make sure that their, you know, workers' political opinions are manifested within the company's culture, quote unquote. Well, and, and what does this do for us, you know, as not even just us as, as a radio program, but like other other shows, podcasts, platforms like ours? What does that actually do for, does it actually give us a fighting chance on Twitter now to actually, I don't know, grow an audience? Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting because the days of organic, right, the days of absolute organic growth organic is over, right? totally done. The only way on Twitter you're going to gain a following is either having had something that went viral elsewhere, right? Right, right. Or you pay for it. And there are lots of people, um, people that speak at AFPAC that love to pay for their, uh, their, um, their audience. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Which, okay. I, I get, I get all of that. I, I totally understand it. I, I'm just wondering, like, are, are we going to continue to be throttled by the algorithms at Twitter? Yeah, I think it'll be interesting. I don't. So, <clears throat> I think you're going to see a, a massive overhaul of the algorithms because what does Elon Musk pledge to do? Free speech. No, 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 not just that. Mm -hmm. He has pledged to open source the algorithms, meaning everybody will see what Twitter is doing. So if it's going to be throttling people, like it has been, it, it will be known. Right? right. So as an open source platform at that point, 
What do they do about that? They change the algorithm. They make the algorithm healthier. So we might see a return to organic um, traffic and following, right? At least to a point. Right. We may never go 100% that direction. But like mm. we talked about before on this show, Pat, I mean, try to grow a thousand followers on Twitter without it's, going viral, without doing anything that like goes insane. It's incredibly difficult to do. It's almost impossible at this point. Mm. Absolutely impossible. Unless you have some other importance to your life, right? Meaning right. like you're an important CEO of a company or something of that nature, right? Or in my case, having been in the world of sports journalism for a decade, right? I was able to grow that following very early on. And as soon as that algorithm changed from that organic to to not inorganic, right? My following is just plateaued. Yep. Been there. And that's fine. I mean, I, I, I would argue my following has not changed much. And I would argue the past six years. It is what it is. Yeah, my, I was going to say, mine, mine hasn't changed much. Which, in a by while the way, either. just looked at Twitter's uh, trending topics, and RIP Twitter is a trending topic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, that's brilliant. That is absolutely brilliant. <laughs> as as somebody pointed out i see the uh people tweeting r.i.p twitter are the same people who said they're leaving the country if trump if trump became president but they never did <laughs> <laughs> uh, so folks uh with all of that being said do not forget to follow us on twitter i'm at the coppin show he's at the pat Oni show and of course you can always watch the show on a rumble page and more importantly, you, you can become a critical thinker. Join the critical thinking community, criticalthinking.locals.com backslash subscribe. Or if you're on the Rumble page watching this, just hit the join button. It, it, it's literally a giant red button right next to the subscribe button. You can't miss it. Anyway, all of that having been said, um, Pat, do you want to play the B or not the B now or after our second story? Let's do it after our second story. Are you sure? Unless you really want to play it now, we can play it now. No, because uh, we have, um, you know, it was Earth Day on Friday, right, Pat? Totally forgot about. Uh, oops. Yeah. Um, ask me how much I care that Friday was Earth Day. No, I don't want to waste any more of my breath. Okay, I didn't think so. I've, I've got cow flatulence to worry about, Pat. Oh. And and flatulence of your own, by the way. It doesn't produce enough 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 methane. Not from what I've heard, but okay. From who says says the guy wearing the groomer shirt? You want to go down that road? Uh, This is not a groomer shirt. I don't know what you're talking about. Who owns uh, Who owns Star Wars, Pat? This is still not a groomer shirt. There Uh happens. So um, Patrick Oni. Supports grooming. No, 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 I don't. No, I don't. <laughs> well, you jackass. Then, 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 then stop wearing groomer shirts. I'm not wearing a groomer shirt. Thank you. Oh, speaking of which, Pat. Uh huh. Um, do not forget to get your second booster jab. Says Luke Skywalker. 
Luke Skywalker is a fictional character. Says the man who played Luke Skywalker. Oh, uh, Mark Hamill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't listen to him. So, no, no, thank you. The force is not with that one, apparently. No, apparently not. Apparently not. Unbelievable. You're my second booster. In, in, in any case, um, Earth Day was on Friday. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And of course, that meant the absolute craziest of the crazies, the climate nut jobs, were out in full force all over social media. And it gave us this headline from The Blaze. Climate alarmists declared uh, that there's no way to solve the climate crisis without ending capitalism. Now, Pat, I, when I read this headline, I was like, oh, great. But I, I want people to I want people to think about what was being said here, okay? Because as I read this article, I actually have a confession to make. Oh no, what? Part of what they have to say is not wrong. Come again? Mm-hmm. So let's continue reading the article. Uh, People around the globe continue to promote climate alarmism, warning the world must act to avert a supposed crisis. And in some cases, proponents of this ideology openly advocate for the redistribution of wealth and the end of capitalism. The Reverend Dr. Jackie Lewis. Um, From what I can understand, she's not, uh, well, she may be quote unquote ordained, but um, mm -hmm. so is my aunt-in-law. and. She went online to do it. Okay. (laughs) All right. But she tells us that there's no way to solve the climate crisis without ending capitalism. Constant economic growth cannot exist on a planet with finite resources. The good news is that moving towards sharing economies, local control, low carbon work like art and care, and dismantling colonialism is the world God longs for us to enjoy. The work to save a habitable planet is a future we deserve. So I want to stop there because this is about a 50-50 proposition for me. She's wrong about ending capitalism to save the climate. Well, yeah, because what does that have to do with the climate? But okay. She's also right, though, that constant economic growth cannot exist on a planet with finite resources. That's the truth, and we're we're yeah, running into that right now. Mm-hmm. Look at look at um the potential for lithium battery production. We're we're being told that we have like about a twenty year supply of it, and that's based off of the current usage in car batteries and things of that nature. Right. Semiconductor issues that we are currently having with finding those resources. Right. Right. We do have finite resources on this planet. Oil is a finite resource. Coal. Gas. Gas. All of these things are finite resources. Even the sun, by the way, will be a finite resource. You know, how many times did you, growing up did you learn about uh, supernovas and, and um, sun flares and, you know, the potential for the sun and its violent reactions to just implode on itself? Right. Okay. I mean... Those happen every you know few million years or so, but I digress. Right. 
Now, we also had um, NASA climate scientist Peter Kalmus tweet this. As I often say, we can't solve Earth breakdown without a redistribution of wealth from the rich to the poor and justice for most affected peoples. And we need to raise up their voices. My message shouldn't really be polarizing to anyone but the rich and fossil fuel executives. I, I, I'm just curious, Pat. This is the thing that bothers me about these types of individuals. <clears throat> Are we more poor or less poor as a world today? Uh, we are less poor today. Significantly. Yeah. And how many times have we put up the, the hockey stick that exists? in terms of not just productivity, but also economic output for the poorest of the poor, the nations of Africa, sub-Saharan Africa. When you take a look at what has been going on, hell, China, it didn't, yes, it is communist, right? But its right. economy didn't actually start moving until it did what? Embrace capitalism. Because, yes, it is a government-controlled version of capitalism. That is true. But it is still a capitalistic economy. It just has that government aspect to it. The, the Chinese even figured out that, oh, wait, starving all of our people, um, communism doesn't work, so we need to switch years and uh we'll hold on to the political version of of communism and the social version of communism but the economic version no thank you but 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 andrew coppins if we if we would just eliminate the authoritarian rule of dictators in in socialism and communism uh type systems we we, we could end capitalism right now oh but Camus is not done because he also tweeted this. The reason I'm not a fan oh of Earth Day is that it's too mismatched from what we are facing. It's almost insulting. Earth is our mother. We owe everything that we have to her, and she needs to be priority number one. Taking care of her necessarily means a just distribution of resources as well. How? How? How is that possible, Pat? Because, hear me out. If you are dumb enough to live in, I don't know the middle of a desert, right? And complain about, how are you supposed to justly distribute resources? What resources do you have to give to other people at all? I mean, call me crazy. Call me crazy, but but isn't isn't doesn't this eventually lead to one way or another some sort of uh, space exploration, or rather an adaptation of how we use resources here on this planet? I mean that that is what capitalism is essentially about, right? Is yes, we're using these resources right now, but as technology develops, it's going to change how we look at and how we use those resources. <clears throat> and let's not forget that just as soon as, uh, or just as far long ago, like long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, 
Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez last Wednesday oh no. said during a town hall event that there's been discussion for the need for affluent countries to commit to transferring wealth so other nations can shift towards using renewable energy. What have we been doing as a country for, I don't know, my entire bleeping life, Pat? Um, Giving foreign aid to countries yeah. in the tens, nay, hundreds of billions of dollars. To Africa. Yeah. yeah. To Asia. Yeah. To Eastern Europe. To the Middle East. So so she's asking countries like us, for example, to give money that we don't have to other countries so that they can have renewable energy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, we have also talked about um, what it looks like when that's going on. We're, we're seeing what China is doing in Ethiopia and some other um, African countries, right? Where they're building re- quote unquote renewable infrastructure and doing so so that they have a what? Sphere of influence. So that if something were to happen and we go to war or whatever, right? Now, Ethiopia, ironically, for all of the starvation and, you know, the starving Marvin of, uh, of um, South Park stuff is one of the most culturally rich nations in all of Africa. They're tapping into that, right? And so China is attempting to do this already. We don't need some sort of uh, discussion about affluent countries committing to transferring wealth. We've been doing it my entire life. We've been giving billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars. And what has changed in most of those countries? The answer is bupkis. Nothing. Nathan, nada. So that they could use renewable energy. Are you talking about India? One of the most economically powerful countries in the world? You mean the the country that has a caste system that if they got rid of it, would likely help in this renewable energy situation. You're talking about China? You're talking about Russia? Who are you talking about? Because here's the ironic part. China, Russia, the United States, the European Union, all already do it. This is the this is also the utter arrogance. Right? We're told that we're supposed to um respect other cultures and how they view the world, right, Pat? Right. Okay. The utter and complete arrogance of this type of thinking, right? Oh, respect other cultures. Respect, respect, respect. Respect, respect, respect. Now, do as we say, or else. What if their, what if their culture says we want to live a, a a life of, you know, 
a, a more agrarian life? What if their culture says that that we value small tribes and and micro cities or whatever you want to call it, right? Uh, who are we to impose that on them? Now, the other part that I do agree with when it comes to this is actually something that the the Reverend Dr. Jackie Lewis tweeted. And that is that we have to move towards, ironically, what she's talking about with shared economies, local control, right? You are making the argument for free market economies. That's what you're making the argument for. The more hyper-local, the better in a free market economy. If And more ironically, the more global too. If I wanted to trade with somebody in Singapore, I should be able to do that, and it my government should have no say in what happens in that. Right? If they've got a good or a service that I want, great, I can do it. Right? But now you got to jump through all those stupid hoops that you have to jump through to, in order to do it. All the taxes, all the regulations, all the things, right? Right. Well, guess what? If I wanted to, I don't know, become part of a economy in which me and my neighbors, like my neighbor's expertise is in growing corn and, and my expertise is in selling real estate, right? I should be able to trade my services for his goods. And that should be the end of it. But we don't live in that society. Nope. So I don't disagree with some of what was said here. But, of course, it's dismantling colonialism. And it's just couched in all of the the wokeisms that you could possibly come up with. And Earth Day is such a great example of, of the woke just eating themselves, ironically. D does anyone still colonize today? Well, they would argue that America is a colonial power because of all the influence that we have across the world. Except for that influence was what? Bought. Right. That's, it's, <laughs> it's literally it's literally what Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is asking us to do. Pay them, redistribute more of our wealth, except for we don't actually have any wealth because we're $30 trillion in debt. These people, the pretzels that they twist themselves in. Is it good to be a good steward of the earth? Absolutely it is. But that's an individual endeavor. And is there a way to educate yourself on certain things that you can do to help the earth in your own life? Sure. Sure. By the way, recycling ain't one of them. Newsflash, it all goes to the same spot. In the end. But anyway, I digress. All right, Pat, are you ready for the B or not the B? Oh, I'm ready. The question is, am I ready? And I, I am. don't know. Are you? Are you ready? It's a Monday, so sure. Okay. Okay. Today's headline Men allowed to have opinions on abortion now that men can get pregnant. Men allowed to have opinions on abortion now, now that men can get pregnant. Is this the B or not the B? And what you're thinking about that, Andrew Coppins, folks, if you haven't gone to funding.com yet to help out our friends at American Pride Roasters, specifically Dave and his wife, Faith, and their family after their 
home was tragically destroyed by a tornado in Iowa a couple of months ago. Um, please, please help them get back on their feet. Um, help them um, get their home back. Help them get their business back. All you got to do is go to Fundly.com um, and it'll it'll make all the difference. Even, even just donating a dollar at this point will make a difference if we all do it. So uh, go to Fundly.com um, and support uh, Dave and his wife, Faith, and uh, American Pride Roasters today. Help them get their lives back. We would greatly appreciate it, and they would definitely appreciate it. Absolutely. Men allowed to have uh, allowed to have opinions on abortion now that men can get pregnant. Is this the B or not the B? Andrew Coppins, your answer. Can you give me that headline one more time? Men allowed to have opinions on abortion now that men can get pregnant. <laughs> this has got to be the Babylon B. Are you sure? I'm not sure because I think this is also true. If you if you're going to go down that road, if you're going to go down the road of men can have babies, which which is what some people are claiming these days, then I get a say. By the so, way, um we've always been able to have babies. We just don't carry them. It takes um <clears throat> men and women to have a baby. Right? It takes an egg and a sperm. Uh-huh. Um, so men have always been able to have babies. We just have never been able to carry a baby because um, we are not the host. Thank you for clarifying because for, for a second there, it kind of sounded like you were going down the uh, woke road of men can can get pregnant. But no, this has got to be the Babylon Bee. Well, you would be correct and that you just want us $100 of Dominic Izzo's perfectly um, hidden, um, performed MLM uh, Ponzi scheme, pyramid scheming um, money that uh, he probably keeps down in a secret account in the Caymans. So... Just, uh, just throwing it out there. Are you? Are you? Yep, yep, yep. Yes, yeah. And it's, it's, it, dude. It's a hundred dollars closer to where we can get our own custom designed suits. Ooh, good to know. Good to know. Yeah, mm-hmm. we could, we could be just like Izzo at the end of the day. Oh, you could, huh? Yeah, we could. Yeah, we could. Yeah. Uh, well, except I would argue this: we would be better looking. I don't know if that's possible. I, I think it's possible. At least at least for me. I don't I I can't speak for you at the end of the day, but for me, it's definitely Pat, possible. Do I need to remind you of um what you said under anesthesia? Uh no. <laughs> I'd, rather, I'd rather you didn't remind me. I, I don't even remember what I said at this point, but I'd rather you not remind me. I'm the sexiest male. <laughs> Progressives have announced that men can, in fact, get pregnant, opening the door for men to have opinions on abortion as well. Across the country, men for the first time ever are now experiencing what it's like to be able to form their own thoughts on abortion. Women used to tell me 
I'll listen to your opinion on abortion when you can actually have a baby. Well, do do I have news for them, said Neil Hitchens, pro-life activist. Now that men can get pregnant and all uh, my opinions suddenly credible, I can finally debate people who believe murdering the unborn is okay. Yesterday, when I pointed out my body, my choice doesn't consider the body of the choice of the baby, I was ridiculed as backward thinking and anti-science. But today, my opinion is worthy of consideration, Hitchens continued. Now I'm crushing every debate and all this thanks to woke companies like Apple for insisting that men are capable of getting pregnant too. Way to go, Apple. Many pro-abortion activists have tried to pivot and say your opinion on abortion is only relevant if you have a uterus. And they have been called out for their sexism and bigotry for trying to reduce womanhood down to anatomy. At publishing time, men were finding out other things they are now allowed to have opinions on, such as makeup, periods, and breastfeeding in public. Interesting. Now, I have I have long um, I have I have a lot of fun with the uh, pro-abortion crowd. Um, when it comes to some of their arguments, right? My body, my choice. Right. Right. All that stuff. Okay. So, what was your choice? Well, to to kill the baby, right? Well, well, it's not technically a baby. Yeah, it is. And then, and then, my favorite part of it is. What was your original choice? They really hate that. Wait, you're telling me that consequences I have to face? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Guess what? Every choice that you make has a consequence, whether that's positive or negative. I I, I think my favorite is when they... uh, I just love watching their heads explode when that happens. Right. What? When they they have, like, like, in some states, like, you can get an abortion up to a certain point, right? And you are certain, like, there's a point where, like, well, uh, we know it's a fetus. We know that you know we, it, there's something in there. We can abort it, but w- in the in a matter of a difference of literally minutes to seconds, it could go from being a fetus to a baby by some of the rules that they have in place of when they can abort it before it becomes a baby. And so, throwing that back in their face is all. It, it just watching their heads implode on that. I'm like, okay, so it. Midnight, it's okay to um, abort this 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 baby, but at twelve oh one, it's now a baby. You can't abort it. The logic of that argument is absolutely crazy. Yeah, no, I I agree, um, but I also think that that is a it is a legalese thing that that you can't get around. It is, it is right. How do you legally define that cutoff point? And I, I agree with you. Morally, it doesn't make any sense. Right. Totally agree with you there. That having been said, Pat, um, you know, we've talked a lot about some pretty dark things over the past months, years at this point together, right? In fact, we're coming closer and closer to our two-year daily show anniversary. We have literally lived in the, the darkness of COVID as a show. Yeah. Well, one of the things that um, this has produced is a lot of people living, working, playing in the same space that they 24 seven, right? 
They don't really escape the four walls of their home, if you will, very often. That's especially true if you live in a big city and you've had the lockdowns and all that stuff, right? And it got me to thinking, number one, as a real estate agent, this is something that I always tell people, but guess what? Your home has to be a place of serenity and and calm because everything else has been chaos. So I wanted to talk about a couple of things that people can do to lighten, brighten, and, and make their home a place that will not invite chaos into their lives again. Now, that I'm not talking about your children's toy mess or you know this, that, or the other thing. There are things that you can do stylistically to your home that will benefit your overall mental health. These are just realities. And, and I sent you the article. It was on intellectual takeout. But um, number one is to stop having your house feel cold and uninviting. And there are multiple ways to do this. Number one, what was the trend pad over really the last 15 years, I would argue? All white everything, right? White, white cabinets, white countertops, white walls, blah, 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 blah. It turns out that when you live in a all-white surrounding and you're there 24-7, you go a little crazy. <sighs> you're so, telling me this now as I'm in the midst of a remodel. Well, here's, here's some good news, Pat. There are really three things that you can do to to brighten that space up, to make it more inviting, to make it less um, cold. And the easiest way to do that, Pat, is by introducing some sort of floral into into the home, whether that be through maybe some patterns in um, couch cushions or through um, some wallpaper on an accent wall or something as simple as indoor plants. It's probably the number one thing that you can do to help your mental health is to get some greenery in there to 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 make it feel like it's alive in some way shape or form and it's all about your mentality it's not about the physicalness of it it's about being able to subconsciously see that greenery and and start to it's a weird psychological thing but that's the truth is the number one thing i tell people who live in that minimalist um kind of scandinavian like i'm just going to do you know cool tones everywhere you need some bright you need something that will break up the the monotony of the space and the easiest way to do that is to introduce greenery because it is such a stark contrast to that all white all everything but more importantly it's about your mentality it's about your mental health in breaking that space up and and feeling like it's alive actually helps it helps your emotions it helps your spiritual nature so that's number one. Um, now, I think the other thing, too, could be just, you know, um, buying some flowers from your local grocery store once in a while and putting them on the table, you know, um, doing those types of things. Maybe here's an idea for you men out there. Buy your wife some flowers once a month, right? Just randomly do it. It'll also help your own mental health. Um. <clears throat> and by the way, as someone that does this every so often for his wife, 
doing something as small as buying some flowers for your wife every so often goes a long way in a marriage. Now, the other thing that we've been talking about is greenery, right? We've been talked about that. But what does greenery do? It brings color into the home, right? And that's right. the number two thing that you can do is introduce color. Like I said, all white, everything. That doesn't help when you are inside those walls all the time. So it can be as simple. It doesn't mean that you have to paint, you know, paint a room um, some weird dark color or whatever. Get moody with it. No. But introducing some color in terms of patterns, in terms of maybe an accent wall or, for instance, your desk, right? Um, what we have done here at our home is we've actually used butcher block for the desktop in um, some different color cabinetry uh, on the desks. That brings in color in stark contrast to the rest of the space, right? So... Those are things that you can easily do. However you accent it, bring color into the home. It could be a backsplash. It could be, you know, tile in your um, bathroom. It doesn't mean you have to paint your home, you know, nine different colors. It just means that in you have to find a way to break up that monotony in that space. So I want to I want to think you think about that. You can also do it with artwork. You could also do it. You know, look at what um, students do all the time. In dorm rooms, right? How many times have you walked into a dorm room and it's like every poster of every favorite band or whatever, right? Maybe they don't do that now, but when we were in school, that's definitely something that we did, right? Oh, yeah, because otherwise you're looking at literally a brick wall. Mm -hmm. So, you know, bring some color, bring some stuff into, into the space because it will actually activate your brain. And that's the thing that you're trying to do is, is avoid the chaos and the monotony. Those are two things that you don't want. So bringing some sort of color breaks that up mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And another thing that will really help is to repurpose items in your home. Because what do, what do a lot of people realize is that the home is really cluttered today, right? There's so many things. We have so many things in our home. Well, what if you took um you know, something that you were using in the home and repurposed it for a different thing. Maybe it became a storage um, place. Maybe your chaos is all the toys from the kids out everywhere. Well, what if you repurposed something in the garage or something inside the home that you were using for something else and used it for toy storage? You know, repurposing things, um, things that are vintage can actually help um, with some sort of mental and spiritual nature inside your home. And you don't have to do go crazy with it. You could do it one item at a time, right? You, just being active and thinking about how you use your space will help. It's all about changing the energy, right? That's all that this is. So you don't have to go crazy. But just doing small little things like bringing greenery, bringing color, repurposing items in the home or remembering what those items make you feel like can help break, break up that monotony or that chaos that you're feeling by being inside those four walls almost all the time. Could something so so let me let me let me I have a question on this here. Mm -hmm. What if 
you did something that of of more of a spiritual nature. Um, in other words, and this is this isn't just to be exclusive to like a Christianity type deal, but like you put like a picture of Jesus or something up, or you um, oh absolutely that that's important to like from like your family history, for example. Yeah, and I mean, um, you know, for me, I have um, some artwork that uh, my wife's cousin did mm-hmm. and their bible quotes their revelations 21 4 and genesis 3 19 i think i'm yeah. looking at them and they're just really they're black and white images right but they're up on the wall it changes the monotony of it you can do something as simple as that but it's things like that that break up the space that visually make you draw your interest to them that will actually help you and more importantly as you live in that space, as people have been finding out, it is okay to realize that maybe I don't need all the clutter. Maybe I don't need these things. There are lots of people who don't realize that they have all the space they need. It's just how they use it that they need to change. And so think about those things. If you're struggling with your house and, and the chaos and all those things, try these Try these little itty-bitty things. They don't cost a lot of money. They don't have to. You can buy fake plants for crying out loud if you don't have a green thumb, right? You can buy indoor plants. You can do all these things. Uh, The point being, you can spend like $50 and accomplish all of this. But if you think that you've been struggling over the past couple of years with your house and and being indoors all the time and all of that sort of stuff, um, you don't have to escape a city and go to the suburbs to to get what you need. You, You can do it just by changing a little bit of the space that you currently do have. Now, obviously, if you've added kids numbers three and four, you probably need more space over the past couple of years, right? But right. It, it, all things remaining constant, think about those things. And it's oftentimes exactly what I do when I consult with uh, with sellers, right? Hey, by the way, I, I'm not insulting your space or anything like that, but here's the reality, right? There, there's a little bit of clutter here. And if we just change two or three things, this will change the cycle, you know, the psychology of how a buyer will see your place. If a buyer is seeing that because we're trying to get them to do what? Feel like they're at home when they step into that that right. condo or that home or whatever, right? You're trying to get them to visualize it. And if they can do that, you can do it. So, uh, but hey, by consult the way- your local realtor. I'm a realtor here in Illinois, licensed uh, through Exit Strategy Realty. Um, I have to disclose that. Um, That is something that we must do legally here in the state of Illinois. Um, But yeah, consult. And if you're living in Illinois and and, uh, you want some information or whatever, get a hold of me. You know how to do that. By the way, this this is why one of the reasons why we've, we've been undergoing a remodel to begin with. I mean, granted, the whole flooding situation kind of spurred that along but but one of the reasons um because i i wasn't actually planning to do any kind of i was planning on just doing repairs and being done my wife's like no we should remodel and and we went back and forth on this for a while and one of the things that she said is like look if we don't remodel when are we going to do it right because we're trying to have kids and stuff like that but more importantly she brought up something that that really hit home We've been living in this house for two years, and she's like, I, I still feel like I'm living in somebody else's house because we haven't been able to do everything that that we would like to do to be able to make this our own. And if we did this, you know, this this could potentially makes this house our forever home, and that's what I want. 
and it, it it made sense and that's why like doing things like updating color updating greenery updating you know uh bringing in some plants bringing in some changing some rooms around change, like making these kinds of changes really can change your mood your perception of how you feel in your own home yeah absolutely and it, it'll make all the difference in the world and in this is different for us talking about this sort of stuff, but I think it's vitally important because if you if you can be happy, content inside your home, you'll be surprised how much different your outlook on life right now could be. And with that, Pat, your final thoughts on today's show. Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no, and men can't get pregnant. Please be smart, be safe, be kind. As always, Matthew 547. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.